You are listening to Sustainable Design Podcast with Anastasia Bachikara. Hello, everyone. I hope you are well and safe during this unusual time of the global quarantine. I also see it as an opportunity to reevaluate our lifestyles and build our dreams into our schedules, new way of living, and possibly startups. Today, I talk with Ardia Denias, the creator behind Polima, which is carbon negative furniture startup. We will discuss importance and ease of networking, especially for starting sustainable initiatives. We unpack what is carbon offsets, some of the most inspiring innovative materials. And as always, we give a lot of links and tools that you can use to make your life and the world a better place. All links to mentioned companies are available at the episode's webpage. I'm very happy to have you here because when I met you, I immediately recognized that you are the connector and you are such gifted networking person, specifically in the ecosystem of sustainability. And I wanted to talk to you today about your company, Polima. And first, the way I discovered you actually is through your um, bacterial paper that you were selling on your side because I also been working and exploring this innovative sustainable material and I came across your side for the first time through it. So can you talk a little bit how Polima has emerged and how did it begin with SCOBY? It was about it was February of 2017 and I decided to take that first step towards being in service to what I really care about. And that happens to be innovative new materials. <laughs> um, I started, w- the, the company really started actually with the idea to have an event in Los Angeles called the Michelle Revolution. And I, to begin that, I knew I had to start networking. And, and that is something that I love and it, it's, it comes naturally to me. And I, I started an Instagram account. I started an LLC. I started, made a website so that I could start connecting people to have that conversation in Los Angeles during Fashion Week. And specifically with the kombucha biomaterials and the kombucha rolling papers that they make through the gods of Instagram. I mean, that's how that relationship started. And that is really demonstrates how valuable reaching out is because now um, I'm very close with the founders. And it, it, there was so much serendipity. I, I reached out to kombucha biomaterials and they are in virginia they are based in charlottesville virginia i was in san francisco i reached out to them while i was visiting los angeles and they said oh we're in los angeles right now too and i said that's great i'm at venice beach come meet me and then i got to show them around los angeles they were looking talking to some investors and that's how the relationship began to grow, just because of Instagram and reaching out to people. And that's really how Polima started. I just started talking to people. Hey, can I repost your picture of this really amazing material? And I started connecting with people. And some people never responded, but some people did. And and that's that's really how that got started, so that I could just dip my toes in the industry, in this very niche, small industry, which you really, once you begin, you it's easy to meet people. Um, and yeah, it's been a wonderful adventure since then. 
The lesson of the story replied to your DMs because you <laughs> never know to what business opportunities or life opportunities that might lead you. Yeah. So um, I want to take it back a little bit with idea of like Scoby kombucha leather. Can you guide us through a little bit of what it is? Yes, I hands on, you know, familiar with it, but for somebody who listens and not, can you explain a little bit of what it is? So kombucha is a fermented tea black tea and sugar, and then you add a culture called a SCOBY, which is stands for, it's an abbreviation, stands for symbiotic SCOBY, culture. culture, symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. And it eats up the sugar and, and lives off of the tea and makes it bubbly and fermenty. And as that is happening, there is cellulose growing. That bacteria is creating cellulose. And that's what we can harvest to be that that's what kombucha biomaterials is harvesting to be making this very thin um paper that smells really nice too it kind of smells like sweet tea <laughs> um that's how they make the paper and and that can be done with other bacteria too so they are experimenting with leather if part of the material revolution show that i produced did have some of the leather in it and that sample um was burned up in a malibu fire which is too bad <laughs> california life right? right um but other there are other bacterias that also use cellulose besides this like kombucha bacteria and we can make other things besides just paper and besides leather but we can actually be add some more science that's beyond my understanding to extract that cellulose and even make fiber and thread and shirts out of bacteria using and feeding it um, agricultural waste. And there's some good companies in Australia. There's one called Nanolose. And I haven't spoken to them since I um, was putting on the material revolution, but I'm sure they've advanced a lot um, since then. Another amazing company that I love using bacteria is in India, and they're called Malai. They're feeding waste coconut water from coconut farms in India. And then they mix, they yeah feed the bacteria that, and then that creates a cellulose. They mix in waste banana fiber, and and that gives it some ten like tensile strength, and dry it. Then you know there's layers of it, and it's a beautiful, beautiful material that has some good strength to it. Yeah, it's, I find it really fascinating what can be done with living materials and how we can grow our materials instead of extracting and taking mm -hmm. from finite resources that mm -hmm. we have. And you mentioned your event, Material Revolution. So that was in the end of last year. Is that right? Fashion Week of 2018. Oh, 18. So it was... now in 2020, which is insane. Right. Yeah. So it's like a year and a half, almost mm -hmm. two years soon. Mm -hmm. uh, so can you talk a little bit about what was the highlights of the Material Revolution and what was the outcome for you after putting it together? Yeah. The... Ama there were amazing people that came together to to showcase. One of my favorites was Biome. Um, Biome is a I I would call them a consulting company. Um, they're out of London, and some of the work that they do is going into companies. They've worked with Google. They've worked with the Heathrow Airport, and they will take the waste from that building from that company and turn it into a, a new material for that company. Um, right now, that's a lot of insulation or um, wall tiles and things like that out of a lot of agricultural waste, you know, food waste that's coming from coffee, oranges. They do grow mycelium products. Mycelium is the, the roots, the root structure of mushrooms. 
um, that kind of acts as a biological glue holding together organic matter. A great technology that is just under our feet in the soil all the time. Um, but that great founders there with Biome. I would love to see them move over to the U.S. and start, a work, start doing some work over here too. Um, they were one of my favorites. I hate picking favorites, but you know, they're doing great work. <laughs> um, an L.A.-based woman named Cassia, she had worked with Patagonia to develop, she's a surfer, she's a professional surfer, and she worked with Patagonia to develop a petroleum-free wetsuit which most wetsuits, you know, the ones that you mostly see around have petroleum in it, it's a petroleum product. Um, but they were able to work with limestone and create a new material that still works like a wetsuit, which blows my mind. Um, so we got to display one of those wetsuits. Looks just like a normal wetsuit, but cooler. And she also, because she cares about the world, she's also a wonderful um, sound, sound artist. That's not the right word, not sound artist. Um, she does sound healings. Mm-hmm. crystal bowls um, but she also her company is called Cassia Surf and they also make yoga mats from upcycled wetsuits that have been damaged because once a wetsuit starts to tear you can't repair it um, which is unfortunate so she's been working to, to upcycle those and, and stay away from you know a lot of yoga mats are made from petroleum also so just trying to close that close that loop Right. Anytime I think of like ideas like making a swimsuit out of a limestone and they first they seem mind blowing and nearly magical. But then I think, wait, like basically iPhone also came from resources from Earth, right? Like everything we made, everything Everything. around like like iPhone, iPad, this mic, everything came from transformed materials from Earth. So I'm pretty sure we can figure it out how to make responsible and like more safe materials, but also how to make them circle in a closed loop, like turn exactly. into new products. Are you thinking about doing a second part of the event? Like, is there more revolutions coming up? I you? got to learn some things the first time around, which is exactly what I wanted. And it was perfect. And but one thing that I struggled with is that I didn't have a lot of support. And that's just a really stressful thing to do, right? So one, and I did have some support, of course, but uh, what's coming up this year will not be exactly called the Mature Revolution, but we did, um, wouldn't be called a prototype. We did a little test run last August. Unfortunately, during Burning Man, when a lot of people were not around, but we, uh, um, my friend Zoe and I, she or she's the, the orchestrator of it, but I was supporting her and and doing an event called Touch, where we were looking at upcycled materials, talking to people that are working within the circular economy, um, working in fashion, working with packaging, and we're planning on doing that again this year. Um, we're talking about September. Wonderful! I'd be definitely looking toward it, and you, I will meet you there again. <laughs> and what would you say other events besides the Mature Revolution that you put together are worth attending or watching online or keeping an eye on for people all over the world, actually, not necessarily in LA only? Yeah. There is one event that's six years old now called Biofabricate. And they... It's a one-day. It's a one-day event. It's usually in New York. Uh, this past December, it was in London. But it's a day for 
they keep it pretty small. It's like maybe 80 to 100 people to come together from the industry of materials made from biology. So we're talking about algae, yeast, fungi, bacteria. Um, that, yeah, those are the main ones. And there are there's beautiful displays of the innovations that new companies are coming up with. Um, spider silk made from, like, brewed from yeast beautiful collaboration with North Face for this puffy jacket that we got to see. A hundred of them were released in December. By spider silk, you mean like like spider, but lab-grown silk. I just want to clarify that. And I think example of that would be both threads that Mm -hmm. are working with Stella McCartney Mm -hmm. where they basically... Uh, figure out a method to mimic spider silk yes. and grow it in the lab. Yes. Okay, cool. So it's very strong. That's the idea that spider silk is very strong and that they're able to grow it from yeast. And And I find that so interesting. And so going to that conference for me, especially two times ago, I got to meet my heroes. Like I got to have dinner with and go out to coffee with and just sit. Who would and be talk the heroes of our deal? Oh my gosh. Eric Clarenbeck. <laughs> He's one of the first people to start uh, working with mycelium for furniture. He started with 3D printing and now he has a studio called Crone Studio in the Netherlands um, that is making all sorts of mycelium products. And they they ship just in Europe. Um, but it was so great to get to know him. Also, Phil Ross. He is the founder of MycoWorks. He was there very hard man to get a hold of. So the fact that I actually got to even talk to him and hear how really actually funny he is in person, not just on his promotional videos. He's originally an artist, so, you know, creative type. Um, But Michael Works is based in San Francisco and creating alternative leather made from mycelium Um, and also experimenting with building products. I mean, they've done early experiments on like, oh, wait, mycelium is actually fire retardant. Maybe we should put that in our homes. (laughs) Great idea. Um, yeah. So yeah, those are just a couple. And it was very funny to me because I was sitting down and, um, Cameron Diaz was just about as far away from me as you are right now. And Phil Ross was right next to me too. And I was like, which person do I talk to? I could talk to Cameron Diaz right now, or I could talk to Phil. I was like, I'm going to talk to Phil. (laughs) Sorry, Cameron, but passion first. (laughs) Yeah, gotta take care of their planet and then we gotta talk to them. <laughs> Good choices. And I think the materials you mentioned are just so intriguing and the future that it unfolds for all of us and even the present really because there is a lot of development and product begin to be available already now, So, which I think is really fascinating. And with that being said, what is the present moment for Polima? What Polima has become today? I'm very excited that after my like year and a half sort of cocoon time of getting to know people in the industry and what's available and what's happening in the industry that I decided on a material that I want to use for my own product. And I I want more people to be figuring out how they can be following my footsteps also. So feel free to collaborate with me for sure. But I'm working on carbon negative furniture. This will be the first carbon negative furniture that's ever existed in the world. Um, and I would love for more products to be to be carbon negative. Like, why don't we think that way? Why are we thinking either as like sustainable where we're not even considering the actual carbon footprint or carbon neutral where we're like, oh, well, there's a lot of carbon already, but 
we'll just try to not add any more. Like we should really be focusing on, okay, if I'm going to start a business, why would I not start a business that's actually like literally improving the world? Not just, oh, people are going to be happier because they have a cool shirt. No, like really doing something to impact on a global scale. Carbon negative, meaning uh, some product that able to absorb carbon, basically. So in general, we could say that the product by this product being produced, we are taking more carbon out of the air than we put in. There's lots of parts of that and how that's calculated. But in general, that's the idea the the I'm doing furniture and the first products are going to be uh, tables and stools and the they're not going to be actively absorbing, but they will have absorbed the carbon already. And that's being captured in the table as well as the other things being offset, like our transportation um, for the delivery of the product and energy use. Those things will be offset as well. So how did you arrive to idea specifically furniture? Like why you be chose to begin or switch to furniture out of everything else possible? Right. That Well, that's kind of been my, my goal all along. I went to school for interior design after having an interest in architecture and natural building. Um, but I when I was working on some some natural homes, you know, made from materials that are on site, I wanted to go back to school to figure out how can we modernize, popularize, scale natural materials. And I didn't know what that meant quite yet. And so then when I was in school, I got to learn more about the innovations and the research and development that's happening in materials. And I thought, yes, this is so cool. Why would I not focus here and support these things? Yeah. And and so being able to take that knowledge and like with my degree and my background um, and I mean, when I was in school, I saw how we extract materials, toxic materials, and then use them for a couple of years and put them in the landfill in this linear model. And with my degree, there was no way that I was going to just jump into that model. Like, I can't and do that. And your degree being? Interior design. For me, it's really about the trees. So by creating, um, creating this wood alternative, we're not taking the lives of trees to be creating furniture which to me it seems completely unnecessary with how much th- all the abundance of waste that we have around us to be using instead of trees. Um, and I feel extremely blessed that I'm able to create this company with these carbon offsets that I'm going to be able to purchase to protect forests. Uh, which sounds really intriguing when you talk about your concept of new material that is can be alternative or wooden byproduct of other industries. So what is <gasps> What is it? So I'm in California, and there's this very popular industry in California called the cannabis industry. And it's growing and growing and growing. And there, um, every year, I'm sure there's going to be more. But right now, there's about a billion pounds of byproduct, plant, planty agricultural byproduct from the cannabis industry. And so I'm able to work with a company called Restock, which is a collection agency of that stocky material from the plant. Um, and they're collecting it, and I'm able to use it to to make furniture. Right, and even before the California became the industry for hemp and cannabis, 
historically has been very abundant and very given material, which is like safe, very easy to produce and been used for centuries by Mm -hmm. people to create all sorts of material from construction to fabrics and to medicine and things like that. So I'm very excited for the plan to come back and show all the variety of ways it can support thriving of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you talk about carbon offset. So can you unpack a little, a little bit the concept of what it is? Because yeah. I also know other part of your work relates closely to carbon offsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, yeah, I also work with a, a carbon offset company called Three Degrees. And so carbon offsets certify that one ton of carbon emissions are not going into the atmosphere. So they're, they're captured in some way or, or kept from, from ever being created. And that you just buy those. And there are some companies that you can buy them from, whether you're a business or um, just a normal person without a business. Uh, one company is called Cool Effect. Um, you can buy carbon offsets for them. And then there's another thing you can do and buy besides carbon offsets. And those are called renewable energy certificates. And there's a wonderful company called choose there's three o's <laughs> oh. in choose <laughs> yeah. um, the very, way you said funny. it i think I'll, i'm gonna remember exactly. it forever <laughs> so there's three o's in there um you can look them up online but they they aren't specifically carbon offsets but they're renewable energy certificates so if you purchase a renewable energy certificate you're saying that 1000 kilowatt hours of renewable energy is being produced because of you because you bought that. Um, and so choose specifically works with renewable energy projects in developing countries, which I think is really cool to be supporting the growth of a clean energy industry in, in developing countries. Right. So basically whenever a person or a company buys the credits for carbon offsetting, those money either go supporting funding of construction of new renewable energy sources or into supporting already existing projects. Correct. And with the carbon offsets, there's so many varieties of carbon offsets. Um, And the one that Palima will be focusing on is forest restoration um, is one of them. I mean, there's also wetland restoration, um, forest restoration, and just keeping of forests. I'm forgetting the exact term for that, but people can, can be paid to not cut down the trees on their land um so that's that's another thing that we're going to be supporting and it's very affordable um at scale etsy in 2019 worked with with three degrees to offset all of their shipping internationally and at because you know they're buying a lot of carbon offsets i i can hardly believe it but this is what they said on mad money so i guess i have to believe them one cent. It costs them one cent extra per shipment to offset their carbon. That is quite impressive. If that's the solution, if like we all got to pay one cent to better our planet and the place for ourselves to be and live, that is just that's a amazing. must. And, and like I pay $3.50 a month for Choose, for my Choose subscription. So it's not a lot. And if we were all doing it collectively, that makes a really big impact. 
Right. So the question I had about this new concept you came up for furniture is the metal parts of the furniture, because I know the mm -hmm. hemp is very exciting material, can capture the carbon, but metal, on the other hand, is the material that consumes a lot of energy and a lot of resources to produce. So do you have any strategy how to make metal parts more sustainable and circular? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, the plan is to use recycled metal, um, recycled steel from here in California, most likely LA, and use that to make the table legs and also incorporate a buyback program. So when customers purchase their table, let's say for some very silly reason, they don't want it anymore. They um, will like, we'll pay for it to be shipped back to us so that we can reuse the legs. Can the hemp part be like recycled or? Yeah, it can be chipped back up. Um, there's no resin that we're going to be using. And so it can be chipped right back up and used again. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. And what are you, your place in development? What is stage are you at right now with your concept? We're doing our initial seed funding. Um, and so we get to, we're in the prototype stage, still working on, on creating that material prototype and then the table prototype and then launching. And so right now on the Palima website, we are requesting people to go ahead and sign up for that waiting list to get to get the first tables. We're going to start with uh, 1,200 tables. And so if you want one of them, one of the first carbon negative furniture, just go to uh, the Palima website. Do you need any type of resources or do you look for people to collaborate with? Still really interested um, in any material scientists that want to jump on board um, for this initial prototype stage. There is a lot of information available about startups culture in general, how to do it and how to begin. But I would imagine for that for sustainable startup is a little bit different, if to say the least. Do you have any advice or tool how to begin and maybe some resources that you could share? Yeah, there's. I believe that there is a lot of support for entrepreneurs and new businesses. Um, I've been in Los Angeles for a year. I've heard of a lot of them, you know, as far as it goes for small businesses or for women in business, for green businesses, um, a lot of resources that may otherwise usually cost money can sometimes be free. I am in the Founder Institute, which is a, they call it a tech incubator specifically. The Founder Institute has been really helpful to connect this uh, cohort with mentors. And so we get to get presentations by mentors, which are people that are either current investors or other CEOs or have some other experience in multiple businesses and can support us in, in understanding our next steps and what we should be doing next and supporting us in our pitch deck and getting ready to ask for funding. Is there any other tools for self-education you have been using and some resources that you trust? Like how do you stay on top of innovation and news that are emerging? Yeah, I... I'm so grateful for um, an organization called Materium, but there's an OM at the end. Materium. Um, they're a London-based organization that has a extensive and beautifully designed website just about material, like if you want to, recipes, open source recipes for biomaterials. And it's really easy to understand easy to use website. And I think that's really great for people who want to just get started and try something. Um, other than that, I've curated my Instagram 
to, to be like my personal biomaterials feed. Right. And as we get toward the end of our time together, by tradition, I'm asking each guest uh, to name or nominate um, some people t- that you think should come and share their knowledge with others. I love this tradition. This is a great tradition. Um, the first person that comes to mind is Jessica Aldridge. She is a zero waste advocate here in Los Angeles, and she also does a podcast called Adventures in Waste. Um, so I think you'd have a lot in common. And and she just knows so much about the waste stream and about the policies that are in L.A., even city to city within the county of Los Angeles, staying local and seeing how we can be creating and affecting change where we are, I think is really important. And so seeing what kind of waste we have here, what we can be working with. Like for me, I was like, what kind of waste is in California? Okay, it's cannabis waste. Let's use that. And so she has a very good grasp on the policies and where it's going and where it's coming from and what it's made of. Well, I can see some inspiration that you took into action from that type of knowledge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, there's a woman named Carrie Ann Frericks, and she's a very inspirational woman that I met recently at the um, Touch event that I did in August. And she is focusing on circular fashion in Los Angeles. And she's holding some events. Um, you should look up Circular Fashion LA. She's focused on figuring out, you know, we have this textile waste problem. What can we be doing with all this textile waste? And I recently connected her with a nonprofit called Bags to Beds. And they make, they're taking used plastic bags, like grocery bags, and stuffing them in uh, like bedding exterior kind of looks kind of like a sleeping bag and stuffing it in there for um homeless women downtown and so they have something to sleep on and i said oh my gosh plastic bags we've got textile waste (laughs) let me connect you with carrie ann so hopefully a collaboration is happening there so we can actually close that loop with a lot of the both pre-consumer and post-consumer textile waste that we have in la super inspiring um and Finally, I want to ask you for a last final advice you have for listeners. How can anyone from a consumer to a designer, student, business owner to begin shifting toward sustainable, circular practices? Yeah. What's so exciting is that every one of those labels, every one of those type of people that you just listed, they all have so much power in their own way. And what I think the most important thing to realize is that we get this one earth and this is our earth. We are completely in control of what we do with it. And we get to step into that power and realize that it's our responsibility to create the earth that we want to be creating because somebody made it this way and it was all of us. So we get to make it whatever way we want to. Um, I think that the really, there's so many easy things to do. Um, For one, buying those carbon offsets, buying the um, renewable energy certificates, $3.50 taken out of my um, bank account every month. It's amazing. Um, Buying those for friends and family. I think no matter what, if you are an entrepreneur or an office coordinator, whatever your role is, you can really be considering where are these products coming from and where they're going? Where are they going when I'm done with them? Um, Because there are more and more people that are creating solutions that are really smart. And we want to be supporting them. And so do your research. 
DM me on Instagram <laughs> and we can talk about where to find, find really like the best um, solutions for, for anything that you want to buy. Because I think every time you're, you're buying something, you're making a really important statement. Arti, it's such a pleasure to have you here today. And thank you so much for all the inspiration, your motivation, energy, and enthusiasm you're sharing with me, with everyone who listens. And everywhere you go, it's really important. So I'm grateful thank for everything you, so much, you do. Anastasia. And I'm so grateful. I acknowledge you for finding this passion. Like you found this and you're like, I'm going to do it. So you just stepped up and you're creating this community around your passion. And I really appreciate it. Thank you.